Welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching who? Watching for the very first time. Very first time. Sarah, you didn't say you had a New York stopover. The captain <laughs> wants us to try that new Indonesian restaurant he's found. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we get on the plane? We're on Concord. Yeah. Yeah. Are you um are you okay to fly it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no, we'll both Sure, fly. Sarah, you fly it. <laughs> no, no, I just thought you might want to. No, we'll both have to fly it, won't we? Because it needs like two people. These two pilots, love. <laughs> I had to do that. I had to do an, a plane oh, no. flying. Well, it's time flight. Time flights when you're having fun. Well, we. <laughs> this might be a bit of a difficult one for two reasons. Okay. One, it's like one of the worst stories of all time, and it's always voted one of the worst stories of all time. Really? And two, it's been a few days. Well, no, you've watched episode four today, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. But I watched this a little while ago, so it's not maybe not as fresh. That's interesting. I didn't think it was... It's not my favourite, but it wasn't awful. Oh, no, it's always at the bottom there. It's always. Really? That's fascinating. Well, also, I've never really liked this as well. I've never really followed the story very well. So I have tried to write down what I think is going on. So we probably should go in order today. Yeah, well, if I do like an overview, what I think happened, just a very quick. Okay. I think the Concord has gone through a time hole. In like back 140 million years. Yeah. Yeah. And then the TARDIS arrives at Heathrow and unit allows them that you should help because this plane's gone missing. Great timing. And then he works out that some it's gone missing. So they realize something's gone on in terms of space. So they got on a flight and they also go through and then when they go through, they realise it all looks like Heathrow, it all looks like it sounded normally, but people are under some sort of hypnosis. And then what's the name of that guy? Khalid. Khalid. Khalid is using some sort of thing to keep them all under hypnosis. And the silver guys are, like, helping. The ones that, like, keep trapping people. The, I think there's Zeno. See, this is how much I know the story. Zeno... Something? No, the they they like to surround them. They look like giant like slugs. Oh, the big the whole yeah. There's so many yeah. Whatever they call. So like he's working. He's using them to like help as well. But otherwise, people are hypnotized. Then we find out that Khalid is actually the master. Great moment, and oh gosh, her name's gone. Not Tegan, the other one. Nissa, thank you. Had a blank there. Nissa. Because she's sort of been, she gets trapped for a while and she's sort of been influenced by it. So she sort of can see that, like, what's going on a little bit more. So she can tell that, and that's how they manage to stop. They go to the place and they stop it, fine. And it turns out that the master isn't doing a classic master thing of just trying to take over the world. And he's used these 
guys, the silver guys that we end up seeing later to try and do it. And then they stop it and they all fly back and they stop the master. And that's it. And the audiobook of Time Flight read by Sarah will be available <laughs> very, very soon. <laughs> Ultimately, that's it. Like, the master does what the master always does. He's trying to get the Doctor's TARDIS. There's a bit of back and forth on that. Uh, and okay. then, Okay, let's start from the beginning on this one. And let's see if I, I have worked it out. Well, so actually, this was um, directed by the guy that directed Black Orchid. Oh, okay. Black Orchid was his first ever direction. This was his second ever thing. This was written by the guy that directed last week's Earthshock. And, okay, it's known as, yeah, the one with the Concord. The one where they ran out of money at the end of the season, because it's the last one of the season. You can tell they've run out of money. Um, well, it's a bit of a weird juxtaposition. You've got like the really cheap studio and then this expensive looking location. Well, obviously, they didn't actually fly on Concorde, but they had a real Concorde available. I saw Concorde once on the tarmac at Melbourne. But we start off with the fallout from last week. Obviously, we lost our yeah. last week. About three minutes, and then they've got to move on. So what did you think of how they dealt they with that? They kind of do, don't they, though? I mean, they can't dwell on it too long. I thought it was enough. I thought, like, I did. I thought everyone had their moment to say unhappy. They talked about going back, and he's the kind that they can't. And then it is sort of like we have to get on. And I thought I thought they did quite well with it. It gave. I thought it gave it enough. It wasn't like a, we've completely ignored this. And it wasn't a, we're going to spend an entire story dwelling on it. I like that later on, there was that one moment where he seemed to like, there was like a mirage of him, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, he does return for a, a Yeah, brief. like, again, I because you, it sort of gives the element of like, there's still that element of grief. It's not just completely forgotten. So I thought, I thought it was handled well. I like that they asked like about going back and stopping it. They're sort of questions that you would ask. Yeah, but Tegan's very, like, angry and upset. Of and course then, she is. He's yeah, just freaking been killed, yeah, like, literally. But then, but then the Doctor's like, oh, well, never mind, let's go to 18, whatever. And she's like, oh, okay, that sounds great. I don't think it's as bad as that. Well, there, there's not any... It's all in the same scene, isn't it? It's just, it's all like, we're really angry and sad. Oh, let's go. And she's changed back into her stewardess outfit for some reason. Don't know why. She needed to do it's that. because she goes back to Heathrow. And they finally do get back to Heathrow when he's not trying. So were you surprised that it was the Heathrow present day? Yes and no. I think it's been talked about so much, it made sense for it to happen at some point. And it, because it had to open up that whole Tegan going back, or does she want to go back now that she's had these adventures? It had to open that up. We couldn't just keep ignoring that question because every story has started with, but when are we going back to Heathrow? Like, it had to be addressed. And I think this made sense. It's the sort of perfect time for it. Have you noticed the Dr. Celery yet? <laughs> no, I'm still, I oh, no, I keep meaning to ask it. It's definitely there. It, I'm sure it is. I just hadn't noticed it, sorry. <laughs> for the whole season without noticing the Celery. Lol. <laughs> and we've got this... Concord that's going missing, which is a total Netflix documentary waiting to happen. What happened to the Concord in 1984? Yeah, yeah. For a few hours, these passengers on one never returned. <laughs> yes. 
like I didn't I only know that Concord exists from this story, I think. Do you? I don't really know much about it. I don't Concord's I, I, huge. Like I know about Concord. It, it's a very eighties thing, right? It started in the eighties, yeah. Did it? Uh seventies, like... eighties. I'm trying to it was a massive deal. It was like the biggest plane of its time. My dad is was terrified of planes, never flew. But his best friend was a pilot and was a pilot on Concord. I said to my dad, like, I'll take you on Concord. Like, you can, I'll take you on a flight. And my dad just wouldn't do it. But it was a massive deal to go on Concord because when it was sort of discontinued, people considered it like the end of an era. Yeah, I never really understood. Yeah, it was like 2003 was the last one. Yeah. Um, and, like, it, it was sort of like this luxury upgrade. It was just like there were only so many of them as well. They were really expensive. They It flew from, like... UK to New York. It was sort of like to go on Concord was a thing. Did it go faster than standard? I think it did. It was like it was like an upgrade big deal thing. Because I think now like there's there's different luxury planes and that's why and you know technology changes and it was just it was time for them to be retired. But they were so ahead of their time. They were so um like yeah, Concord was like a big deal. Wow, to mean- be a Concord pilot as well, I think was like a big deal. So yeah, I mean, obviously, we could talk about our flying stories. I think we already have when we did the, you know, the faceless ones with yeah, yeah, uh, Samantha finding her brother. Uh, so we have talked about that. I do remember. I mean, I just wouldn't be able to go on Concord. It just wouldn't happen. I don't think I could do that at all. I would be like, especially if you ended up in like through a time tunnel or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't do it. No, I think I did. I think I. You know when you see those videos? Sorry, I've just looked it up. I was right, it was 70s. So uh, the first flight took off on the 2nd of March, 1969. The market was predicted of 350 aircraft and the manufacturers received 100 option orders. Um, on the 9th of October, 1975, it received its French certificate. So it was like, yeah, first flight was 1969. It was introduced in 76. And then retired in 2003. And to make the program cost at 70 million, but if we were to put that into 20, like today's money, it'd be 1.39 billion. So Doctor Who's very lucky to have a Concorde to attend to film on. (laughs) Fearless aircraft design. There we are. You know, when you see those videos of people on the roller coasters and they sort of faint and stuff? Yeah. I swear that happened to me taking off when I went to Ireland. It was for, ah, that's no, the only no, time. I, no, that's the only. It was for a brief second. I remember taking off, which I was hated, and then sort of just blackness for like a few seconds, and then like I gained consciousness again. I swear I fainted for like a few seconds. So I I just can't do it. I'd love to. And I also remember that like there was a. I think it's a documentary. Um, it might be on YouTube or something. There was this, it wasn't Concord, but yeah. there was this plane and I can't remember what happened. Something happened and the window of the cockpit got like blown open. I don't know if it was like hijacking or it was just like an air. So I think it was just a technical thing. And the pilot got sucked out of the front of the window but then the other pilot managed to grab his leg and hold on to him. So the other pilot was hanging out of the window <laughs> while they were like sorting out this thing for like an hour and they managed to land and he survived. 
right. after being like the crew holding on to him while the front of the thing. I mean, oh my god, I just couldn't. Um, do you think the crew that we have here, these the three guys that we have as our cabin crew, would be able to deal with such situations? What do you yeah. think for these guys? They have smart ideas. <laughs> They're doing stuff. They're rebuilding the plane at parts if they need to. I like how they're proper with the Doctor and Tegan and Nissa and like from the word go they believe everything and they get on with it and they're going in the sh- uh, in the Concorde with them and when they land it only takes a few minutes and they just go along with all of the whole adventure don't they Just going to stop you one last Concorde fact it halved it more than halved the flying time between London and New York so you could get between London and New York in 3 to 4 hours Unless so you, you have a, a New York It takes over. me longer to get from bloody Cardiff to Lancashire. Sometimes it takes longer to get from North we- South Wales to North Wales. It takes all day to get North Wales. It, take, it was quicker to get from London to New York on the Concord than from Cardiff to Bangor. There's a fact for you. Well, bring back Concord. That's what we bring say. Bring back Concord. So it's quite, I like part one. It's it's a good story. The Concorde goes missing. The effects aren't amazing because they've obviously only got stock footage of some Concorde and they just have to like merge it with some clouds to make it look like it disappears. And it, it's pretty yeah, yeah. it's pretty bad, all of that stuff. Plus they can't really film inside the Concorde very well. There's like it's really cramped to get the camera, the doctor, and the crew in one shot. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the TARDIS would actually fit inside the Concorde anyway. Um, but I like the idea that they're going to follow up. They're going to. There's a missing plane, a bit like that. The second Doctor one that we had that was miss, missing people and stuff, very similar. And then it starts. The cheapness starts to come in for me. Is you've got all this. Actually, the filming is great. It's all snowy when they're going up, and it looks really great. But when they come, when they land, and like in your great in your synopsis where it's it's an illusion. There's only that a, one shot that's terrible. And it's all There's green one screen. shot in particular where it's about to dissolve that is truly awful. But actually, the rest of it initially when they land, I thought was pretty good. Yeah, but then when you get when they get onto this prehistoric landscape, it is literally like the smallest set of rocks, and that is it with a painted backdrop. It I think really it's effective is. though. It works fine. I mean, everybody always says, obviously, the big problem with the story is that Concord could not land or take off on all the rocks and everything. And it's pointed out in the making of documentary, they would never be able to take off and land uh, in real life with that. And obviously, to represent Concord, they have the wheel. <laughs> that's just a prop wheel, wheel yeah. and that's it. But are you enjoying the story when, when this is all happening? Are you, like, for that first episode? Yeah, I think, like, you're wondering where they've gone. I think it's really clever. I mean, I, me watching it first time, it's so drastic. All this open space and so it's like, pool completely different. Like the shittest part is you, that green screen looks awful. But it's only that one scene and you can tell something's about to happen. But like they're talking about it anyway, like concentrate. It's so drastic. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I, I was enjoying it. I was following it. You're trying to work out. Then when you start seeing people and they're all like, oh, we're going over to the bar, I'll meet you at the bar and stuff, and you realise that they're hypnotised. Like, I think at this point the story's very simple to follow. I mean, Nissa is a bit random. She screams out of nowhere and sees these well, she, Yeah, but then she sees those bodies. You see the bodies. Yeah, I, I, so she's got supposedly some, she's picking up some psychic powers there. At least there's something to she, do. I think it's because she's actually looking around. 
So it's because they're just getting there and they're just like, oh, yeah, whereas she's come in. And I guess she's supposed to be of a higher level because in terms of thinking, because also that professor isn't swayed by it. So I guess if you're of, like, if you just come on and accept your surroundings, then you're accepting it. But maybe it's because she got there and instantly she starts looking at things and that's when she sees through it. Yeah, I think... And then the end of part one is this, this foam just appears out of nowhere and gets the doctor. It's all a bit... It's it's okay. Part one is okay. And I followed the story there. It's a good mystery. I think as we carry on, though, it just gets a little bit messy with everything that's going on. Oh, actually, the, the guy that did the landscape that you like is the same guy. Remember in the Paris one where Duggan hit that guy on prehistoric landscape? Uh, Spaghetti Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Spaghetti Man. He did the same landscape. It's the same guy. So he's used to doing these these things. Yeah, it's pl- oh, it's the plasmatons, which are those things that plasmatons, turn up. Plasmatons, that's it. I never heard them. Look, they're, they're not, for me, I don't think too much about them because, as it turns out, they're not integral to the story. I feel like none of the aliens or anything is integral to the story. But that's what I quite enjoyed about it. I liked the twist that it was the master. And it's a master story. Okay, what did you think when you started seeing Khalid turn up? Shiraz, shiraz, jumala, balo, balo. I was just like, and he saw, I just thought, I genuinely wasn't expecting it to be a master story, I'll be honest. Which might surprise people because you must think, who's this weird baddie, surely? But I mean, hey, we have weird baddies, that's what we get here. So I thought that he was working like someone else. I thought it was someone else and they were channeling like to him to do these instructions. So I thought actually, because it was so early on that we were meeting him, I thought that we were going to meet the, another group. Like we've had that before. We had it like a few weeks ago where you had your initial buddies and then they go and meet the two, the the three, you know, actual ones doing all the instructions and in charge. I'm going to be the hater on this story, aren't I? And you're yeah. I didn't look. (laughs) His costume was awful, but again, that kind of proved the point because it was a master in disguise. And then when it was the reveal, I was like, "That's why it makes sense." But it is a terrible. The whole characterization was wasn't great, but that was also kind of the point when, like, but it's terrible. Plus, why does the master need to dress up? Who is he dressing up for? He's talking to himself on his own in the room. <laughs> There's no yeah, reason for it. That's what he does, because he does that to persuade people. Yeah, but there's no one around. He doesn't need to do it. There's he knows, that, he knows that the doctor's coming, though, doesn't he? Because he's persuaded him to come with the TARDIS. Yeah, I know, but he doesn't need to sit there and be in character on his own in a room for however many hours. It's a big plot hole. I don't know. I think, it's I think he does that because he knows that the doctor's coming, and also, bear in mind, he gets those things to bring the Doctor to him almost straight away. Like, as soon as they're landed, the Doctor's captured and he's with him. Okay, yeah. So he's um, using the psychic powers and he's controlling all of the people from the first Concord, all the passengers. Yeah. Which one? Les, I mean- you're presuming that he's been... Because also, all the silver people that we see later know him as the Master. But we only see... Like, so let's presume he's arrived as the master. He's probably only got in that getup as they've arrived in Second Concord. Because, and now he's captured. And that's all That's all he does all the time. He's always in disguises. We've seen him pull off faces constantly. That's what he does. 
I reckon he got into that. So he knows that they've arrived and he gets into this costume because within minutes of them arriving, the plasmatrons take the doctor to him in that costume. And he's playing that character in front of him by episode two. Okay. Well, then we have the professor turns up, Mr. KFC, Mr. Hater, Mr. Professor Hater, who's not a hater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is the bit where you said they called him Peter or something? Yeah, did you not hear it? So I went back. So, okay, explain to everyone what you... Uh, it's like the start of the second episode and we've just met him and he's explaining that he's been whatevered. And then the captain, the pilot guy goes like, and he says like, Peter, we need to get going or something. But he definitely says Peter. You see, I, I went back after you told me that. And yeah, I think he means to say Professor Hater, but he gets it mixed up. So it just, it comes out as Peter. I think he says it really quick and it's just... Because there's nothing in the subtitles. No, no. I think he just, yeah, he's either supposed to say just Professor... Because he doesn't know. How do they know him? It, do, they're like, oh, they, Professor, we know he's you. One of the, he know um, he's one of the... Um, Does he work at the airport or something? No, 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 no. He's one of the people on the... on the First Concorde? Yeah. But how do uh, they know him? Passengers. I couldn't think oh. of the word. My gosh, that was such a struggle. That was so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's one of the... What is the word? Passengers. He's a passenger. Oh. The other... the. Other woman who's Tegan's the oh my gosh the host she goes oh professor so she obviously when they've been on the ship thing oh my gosh words <laughs> I'm having a nightmare here ship what am I on about this is ship wrong Concord what am I doing when they've been on the plane and they must have passenger lists those passengers stuff. are very patient being stuck in million years oh I suppose they're hypnotized they're hypnotized they don't know but then even at the end when they're not hypnotized they're all just standing I'm around taking it I mean you would get nowadays you get a total Karen on a flight be being like what are we doing here? I've paid this. I mean, me. I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? I mean, put that up against the master and see what happens. If you can sit on this plane and you can f***ing die with them or not, I'm not going to. You know? Yeah, put me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a delayed flight. That would not I'm be. not dressed appropriately for this weather. <laughs> <laughs> Nissa carries on being, she has a bit of a sort of a asthma attack, foam on her. Out, out of the way. Oh, the thing speaks through her, doesn't it? And then there's quite a lot as it carries on. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth on this. I sp- I'm sure they're running up and down these rocks from Concord to Concord, however long. Uh, it just goes on and on, I think. Oh, and the three the three pilots, the three guys are trying to help and, and do all this stuff. They meet Khalid. And that's when we find out at the end of two when it's the master. So they leave it for quite a long time. I mean... I wish they'd sort of done it a bit sooner, actually, so we didn't have to see that Carly performance. But um, I, but I like. I watched Mark one, two, and three all in a row. I, see, I purposely had a gap in between each episode because I knew I would struggle with this, and I I, I enjoyed I it think most. The, the first cliffhanger isn't great, but the story was enough of a mystery to carry me on. The second one, it revealing to be the master. Was a great, and I love the master. So I was like, "Oh, great! I love and the, the master." Green, the green stuff and everything when he's collapses—that's quite a cool effect. But then, as it carries on, I think one and two are the strongest. But as it carries on, then you get all of this 
Nissa suddenly knows what to do. There's this sanctum. I was trying to work out this sanctum in the middle of like this whole building or citadel that has been built millions of years ago by who I don't know. So it turns out that yeah, this these aliens had crashed and they had built it and had this power that the master was because the master was stuck. And it's a lot of explanation that these guys in like silver leotards just turn up and just tell the whole story. I do feel like that's a bit like I, it just did not interest me at all. There wasn't anything, and the, meanwhile the master's doing I don't know what what the hell was going on. And the three captain, the three you know cabin crew were like trying to fly the TARDIS, run around. Everyone's just sort of everywhere, in and out of all these different places with. Not really a lot interesting happening because they're they're stuck on what like three sets. That's about it as well. And I just thought, I don't know. I thought like I thought it was it was nice for Nissa to have something to do, and it was nice for Tegan, especially her being an air hostess and stuff. There was that like for me, I like that she stopped behind and helped Nissa. I I felt like the silvery blob things. It wasn't the master taking over. It's the silver guys that we see later. I think they took her and they're trying to connect with her because there's good and bad, isn't there? Yeah, there's two halves. So the good half was trying to get her. I think they were trying to like tell her like, this is what you need to, which is why when she comes out of it, she's like, no, we need to go. This is the doctor's in trouble. And that's why. And then, and then later on, that's why that, I, that's what I thought. I don't know. It wasn't a, per- like I say, it's not going to be one of my favorites. But there was, I followed it better than some others I've had recently. I don't think it's a strong master story. It's but, not. It's not. Because he just wants to get into this sanctum or whatever. They already get The third there. cliffhanger was great, where it ends with the Doctor being like, the master's finally beaten me. Well, the professor dies because he wants all the knowledge of the universe. So he's. Well, it's there. not that. It's not. I mean, he, he sacrifices because it was going to be Nyssa and he's like, I'm a scientist and it's the option. Like, I will sacrifice it. He knows what he's doing, but he's sacrificing himself because he knows they need it. And he's like, but I'm a scientist. Like, if I get the chance to learn this, this is great. It's not like he's doing it selfishly. No, no. But he, at the moment, he knows that it's all the knowledge of the universe. He's like, this will be... But he knows that he's going to die. And the doctor explains it. He's like, I know. Like, he's he's sacrificing himself. I can see why people don't like this. Oh, and I, and, but, like I say, it's not and, it's not a perfect story. And I'm the first to be like the production stuff is really bad. But I think even if the production stuff was good, it's the actual quality of the story which I have the most problem with. I mean, yeah, I mean the all this these clips of these Concorde taking off and the little models from the distance and all the you know. Okay. But that's, that's what we have. But that's, yeah. yeah, but that's that could be the same as you know Invisible Enemy Hospital one, and that's just as bad. But it's just the story. It just Tegan didn't really have that much to do. Everyone just sort of runs around quite a lot. And okay, Nissa has a few things to do, but it's not a strong Nissa story like the Snake one for Tegan. Or I didn't. Fit, but I also I always think whenever there's a master, it's not. A companion story. It's a doctor story. This was a doctor story. He had a lot to do. Yeah, I like whenever we have the master, it's a doctor story because it's always between the doctor and the master. That's why it's interesting that the companions are always additional. You know that. So, I think actually considering they had more to do than they probably would have. Think of any of the other stories. Generally. Like they're supporting it, but it's always between the doctor and the master. That is what the story is. 
So I, I quite liked that, like, the other silver beings use Nyssa as a way to help them. And I liked that, like, you know, Tegan was helping, like, get the passengers and, like, we're sorry about the... Like, all that stuff. Like, she was, she's an air hostess. That's what she does. I like that it tied into Heathrow and just coming back, you know. And actually, it was quite nice seeing, especially after just losing Adric, it was nice seeing those two work together. Yeah, it is a good story idea. I just think, especially if you are the... You have directed the series. You know the time and money constraints. And you are writing the script for the last one of the season. You know oh, I'm just going to write in a Concorde taking off on prehistoric Earth and landing and all this stuff. And actually, it, it was they had the Concorde idea first. It wasn't like any kind of product placement. They got British Airways involved and persuaded them to give them a free Concorde, for us, probably for advertisement or something. But the Concorde came first before they actually knew they were allowed to use it or actually film at Heathrow and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was lucky that they did. I don't know if they would have done the story if they couldn't have actually got a real Concord. I don't know. Um, but all the like all the cast and stuff say it's the worst one. No, and the Peter Davison, he said when he walked onto that set of that, he just thought, "What? Uh, like, how can this happen?" He was so like, "How are we doing this?" Like, it was just they were all just like, "What is this that we're doing?" So they were all really like disappointed with it. But I don't know. There is there there are good elements. I've I haven't been this bad on a story for a while. So no, you're not. no. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive as well, but I can't think of anything. Like else. I say, it's not brilliant. It's nice. I think it, for me, I like that it. And I've said this already, but I like that it rounded the whole Teague and Heathrow storyline. Well. Jumping right to the end. Did you go right to the end? Tegan's having a little wander around. Finally, I mean, this is the end. What? She's probably been away about three and a half weeks since she was on her way to Heathrow in the first place. <laughs> That's Tegan's timeline. And a lot has happened to her. Like her aunt died, uh, Adric died. Well, that's it. They think she's gone. She's gone off to a thing. And you see that she's heading back. I wasn't expect. I thought that she was going to come back. You see that moment where she's, you see in her face, she's like, hmm, no, I think I want to keep with the doctor. And then he's gone, and he's left, and they've left her, and I wasn't expecting that. No, that's a nice little cliffhanger, isn't it? At the it's end, it's a great cliffhanger for the end. Of, well, I'm guessing it's the end of the season, is it? It is the end. Of, yeah, we. Oh, yeah, I did mention. We're at the end of the before. season. I presumed it was. It felt we've been doing this for a while. <laughs> it's been a longer season, yeah. Oh, and we did see, as like you said before, we did see an ad route. We did see, Mel and you've also mentioned that like they're out of money. So I yeah, presume yeah. The end of the season. Yeah, yeah. Are they reusing props like the Milker and the Pteroleptil and Adric? <laughs> it's a really good cliffhanger for an end of season. I just don't think it was that. I mean, I don't know. You never know with stories because we didn't enjoy the visitation and everybody seems to like that one. But... Yeah. I sometimes think as well, for me watching this, and there is nothing we can do about this, <laughs> guys, I'm sorry, but like, I've had quite a good week. <laughs> like, last week was quite calm. Well, my mum was down, so that's not always calm. But, like, it was the weekend, and I had quite a chilledish weekend of being able to just sit and watch it. It wasn't like I was trying to fit it in amongst busy stuff. Whereas sometimes when I've been watching some of them, I'm busy and I'm doing a lot, I'm just trying to fit it in. It's like, all I want to do is watch some... I just want to watch the Kardashians and not think, and I have to sit and think. So, like... There is, there's nothing we can do about that. Sometimes it's just how you watch it. And watching this, you know, it was Saturday morning when I started watching it. 
And it was the start of the weekend and I was getting my nails done later and I thought, Do you know, oh no, yeah. And I just thought, Do you know what, I'll pop this on. It was Saturday morning and I sat there with, with a cuppa and I put it on like you probably would have done back in the day. And it like, it, I think that helps. It was just like I woke up and I was like, here we go. Um, and I think things like that help in terms of, and Sunday, and then I actually, not tell lie, I watched the first one on Saturday and then I watched two and three on Sunday. And I only didn't watch four because I was like, I want to make sure I keep it fresh. Otherwise I probably would have watched four. But again, I did it Sunday morning. I sat, I got up, I had a nice lie in, and I sat there with my cuppa and the cat and watched it. And like things like that, they do make a difference, I think, to how you enjoy things. If you're trying to fit stuff in sometimes. That's life though. Like that is just life. I mean, yeah, I would like to say if I had this on video as a child, it might I might be more fond of it, but I'm not sure what I would have thought. I don't know if I would have because it wasn't I didn't get it till I didn't watch it till it was on DVD, so yeah, it's he funny was a how grown boy. Yeah, it's funny how sometimes you the environment or how you watch it at a certain time. And how your headspace like but that is also the nature. Like, you know, sometimes with reviews and I've said like this I've not watched this in the best frame of mind. <laughs> like and that will impact. That's just the nature of it, unfortunately. We try and be as objective as we can be. Well, I I'm gonna say so you enjoyed it, it's a tick from you. It's a tick. I don't really fancy watching it again, and it's not going to be high up in my season. Okay, but it's not as bad as I thought. It could have gone even worse. It could have gone worse. Like, I feel like I hated other ones in this season more than this. Well, it's going to make the Doskers interesting then. It really is. Well, what do you want to happen in the next season with in terms of Tegan, Doctor and Nyssa? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued. I wonder whether the next story, they won't have Tegan, and then they come back. I wonder, like, there might be one or two without her. That's my instinct. I think they'll go and have a really spacey one first. I, I genuinely have no idea. But I think if she's not there, there is this opportunity where it's just the Doctor and Nyssa to really, like, embrace what those two characters could be. It's kind of similar to, like, having, um, what's the name, the 2.0 version. With the other, um, we had her, and she was a Time Lord of Romana. Romana and Romana two point oh. Do you know what I mean? Like it's kind of similar to having that sort of intellect, child form, but like with the Doctor and just one on one. So we'll see. That's what I'm intrigued about. Yeah, we've gone from one extreme to the other, haven't we? Like a full TARDIS to like just yeah, yeah. two of them in a couple of exactly. stories. And also, I mean, I always find it interesting with Nissa. The, the master is her father's face. So I, I wonder whether we'll go into, maybe, I don't think we will, but I do wonder whether there'll be a master story with just, I don't know, I'd, I'd like it, but I doubt it. She only briefly saw the master in this one because they were in separate. Like very briefly, not only, at all. It's yeah. hard, it was hardly anything. Yeah. I don't even think she met him actually. Well, like she just so sure he's tried it. <laughs> You say her father as well, but it's also he killed Tegan's aunt as well. So they've both got they've all got history with him, quite a lot. But it, yeah, it just never really seems to come up. Okay, well we'll see what happens in season twenty then. Oh my gosh! So Every we will be celebrating season twenty in the sixtieth anniversary year. So season twenty is forty years ago was twenty years ago. You see what I mean? 
The 20th anniversary was 40 years ago. So we're 40 years out from Doctor Who <laughs> now. <laughs> we're catching up. <laughs> However, it's interesting because we saw someone asked me the other day, like one of our mutual friends, Mark, was asking me about this. And like, well, how long have you been doing it? I went three years, well, more than three years, because we started it. We started January 2020. We didn't release until March 2020. But we initially started watching. Ha, those were the days, weren't they? When we like naively were trying to be ahead, and now we're like, shit goes out this week. We but back in the days, we were about four or five weeks ahead. We started six weeks ahead. Yeah, and now- we started January twenty twenty, and released in March. And Mark had them all edited, ready to go. And this goes out tomorrow to coffee members. <laughs> <laughs> Even when we have the gaps in between, we're like, oh, yeah. we'll catch but it's up. A, it's good timing for season 20 as well. I'm excited. By the time we get around to it, because obviously we'll have the Doscars, then we'll have a week off, and then we'll start season 20. Uh, the Blu-ray of season 20 comes out middle of September, so it'll be perfect timing for perfect everyone to watch time. their Blu-rays. At the same time, it's almost as if we planned it three years ago. (laughs) January. Well, it's nearly four. I mean, like, September's around the corner. And then I always think once September's here, I'm like, you get September, we have Halloween, and then it's Christmas. Do you know what I'm like? Before you know it, September always goes so quick. Well, there we are. I think time flight got off lightly uh, for us. So I'm sure there are people that are more harsh on it. So. Yeah, let us know. Tell us all your harsh criticism. Mark will, Mark will love it. <laughs> well, we'll, um, yeah, I mean, give it another try, everyone. I, I do suggest having a gap in between each episode. Just see how you go on that. Don't binge watch it because that's a bit too much. But um, I would watch it again, but just broken up, definitely. Cool. Well, we'll have a, a Doskas discussion then very soon and be back for the ceremony. I've got to work out. I'll see if I can... Keep this Concord for uh, the ceremony. Maybe we can fly around in it. Maybe it's uh, tiny. We need something bigger. Well, maybe one of us can fly around in it and visit everybody. Hint, hint. No. <laughs> I like a simple Doskas, Mark. Oh, okay. Everyone loved when you went in that helicopter for season seven. Well, who's everyone? All of our listeners. Listeners, did you enjoy me having to fly around everywhere? Did you? Tell me. Or is this just Mark's delusion that he enjoyed just having to traipse me around all these places? <laughs> anyway, we better go before... <laughs> before real trouble comes before out. Before trouble happens. So in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 2 Watch Who, And we'll see you very soon for the Doskers and Season 20. Bye. Bye. 2 Watch Who.